This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Durham Power Hour is upon us on this Friday. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. We have more guests for you. And uh, there's no telling what else we'll get into before we get you ready for the weekend. You know what? I was just sitting here thinking it was about a week ago right now that you were slinging beet juice with Devin Leary in the basement. You know, I've lost five pounds this week, and it's all because of that beet juice. All that beet juice, Russ. (laughs) Oh, me. Uh, All right. We've got a busy hour coming up, but we've got breaking news here in the last 25 minutes. Florida State has named Link Jarrett, their brand-new head baseball coach. Uh, He will replace Mike Martin, Jr. Uh, Three seasons in South Bend, including the march to the College World Series this year. Uh, His team got bumped out of the uh, College World Series earlier this week. And... Pack, as they say, it didn't take long, right? About 96 hours later, Link Jarrett is the new head baseball coach at his alma mater. Well, we talk about fits all the time in college sports. Does this fit? Whether we're talking about an athletic director, a coach, a player, you name it. Uh, this, I would tell you, probably is the perfect fit. Here's a guy that understands mm. Florida State baseball. He was part of it. Uh, he understands the city, the town, the people. He's part of it. Uh, he's a great baseball coach. Notre Dame knows that. We know that. Uh, no brainer. You, you had to pick up the phone and make a phone call and let him tell you no before you moved on. But this made sense. As soon as you heard that Mike Martin Jr. was out, you're like, wow, Link yep. Jarrett, man, it seemed like he'd be a nice fit for Florida State. And he is. Uh, to me, this is a no-brainer. Yep. I said it earlier. This seems to be a win-win proposition for both Florida State and for also Link Jarrett. Yep. And uh, a lot of people crediting Michael Alford, the uh, vice president and director of athletics at Florida State, for uh, being efficient in getting this done and making it happen and finding a way to make sure that Link Jarrett is the new head baseball coach. Uh, there was some question, uh, what, two and a half weeks ago, if you will, that uh, Link Jarrett could be a strong candidate at Clemson. I know Kyle Peterson said on the uh, coverage of the regionals that Link Jarrett would also potentially be a, ca- a candidate at Southern California. You talk about a proud baseball tradition looking for a head coach. Uh, neither one of those materialized. <clears throat> Eric Bakich is the new head baseball coach at Clemson. He's got ties to that program from 20 years ago. And now Link Jarrett has returned to Florida State. Um and you want pack, you get it. You understand this one. This one this one makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Like I said, perfect fit, and it is. And uh, yep. what Notre Dame does, I have no earthly idea, but I'm sure Jack Swarbrick understood when he heard that there was an opening at Florida State that, you know what, his guy at the time was going to be a main mm-hmm. candidate, and he is, and now he's the new baseball yep. coach at Florida State. All right, quick check of the NBA draft last night. Uh, The ACC, we told you yesterday, a half dozen guys might go in the first round, and that's exactly the number that the league hit last night. Paolo Bancaro goes number one overall to the Orlando Magic. Mark Williams to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. A.J. Griffin, a pick later at 16 to the Atlanta Hawks. Jake LaRavia, uh, originally taken by Minnesota, uh, will be involved and traded to Memphis. Blake Wesley at 25 went to San Antonio. 
And Wendell Moore Jr., uh, drafted by Houston at 26, uh, is uh, traded to Minnesota. So, and then Trevor Keels became the last ACC player to go. He went 42nd to the New York Knickerbockers. So, Bancaro, by the way, the fourth player from Duke to be selected first overall in the modern era. Elton Brand, Kyrie Irving, and Zion Williamson. By the way, the others, that breaks a tie with Kentucky for the most in the modern era. No surprise. Coach K doing his thing. Nope. And, of course, now John Shire tag you it with the recruiting class he's got coming in. Again, I'm not a recruiting expert, but everybody says it is awesome. Uh, you know, some things never change, uh, even though it's going to be different to watch Duke moving forward without Coach K on the sideline. But we kind of went and saw that with North Carolina with Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams. And when the heels finally got their footing, here they are making a deep run in the NCAA tournament, playing for the national championship. And expectation level at Duke will remain the same, just like it is at North Carolina. Some things never change in this yep. league, Wes. Uh, one of the things that is going to help ACC basketball going forward is the uh, surplus of talent that will come back in 22-23. We've chronicled some of those uh, through the work of Bart Torvik in our first hour today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, however, let us bring on one of the luminaries of the Atlantic Coast Conference Network. When Pac says the smart people in Bristol, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those type people. Is that a Hornets hat you're wearing this morning? It is. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Ives has joined this program this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, best story from last night. Did y'all see Jake LaRavia? The internet said he was 22 years old, but he's actually 20. And then scouts found out apparently he's zoomed up draft boards. So people were Googling how old he was and they were wrong. And so now here he is, a first round pick. Great story from last night. <laughs> uh, is that what our lead is, Ives? Is that what we're going is with? Is that what our lead is? Jake LaRavia birthday? Don't you figure NBA scouts would like know how old someone is rather well, than just Googling I, it? I find it hard to believe that a uh, an ardent North Carolina fan would not lead with the fact that Duke put four guys in the first round of the draft. But call me crazy. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm out to lunch on that one. I mean, they did put four guys in the draft and well-deserved five guys, if you include Keels. So that entire starting lineup was uh, first-round guys. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Very impressive. Not first round. Are they four in the first round? Four. In, four listen, first, listen yeah. to what the topic is. Four in the first round. That, that was a pretty <laughs> impressive move by Duke. I mean, I tell you, you North Carolina guys are just not going to give an inch to Duke. It's just... You know, it's okay. Hey, listen, you beat you beat K in his last home game. You beat him in the ultimate game in the uh, semifinal. It's okay. You can give props to the other guy. You can. It's all right. All right. It's very impressive. Very impressive. Tied uh, one shot at tying the most ever in the first round. Oh, very good. Just you just can't, right. can't give it Let, up. Can't give it up. Let me get to the topic. Let me get to the topic at hand here. Um, Seth Greenberg went on this show yesterday and said the ACC is back. Uh, you and others helped call. Bart Torvik did a terrific job on these percentages of minutes and scoring percentages and all these things. If In the way you put this stuff together, and, and 
truth be told, one of the reasons Brian's one of the smart people is because he's able to kind of cobble together numbers that help us kind of look at things in a way like this. What is it for you that is is the most impressive stat about where the ACC may be going in basketball, considering you had half dozen guys taken in the first round last night? Now, granted, uh, four were from one school, but at the same time, the idea of what's coming back, we didn't have that last year. We didn't have any booing evidence that the league was going to be potentially very good. Yeah, that's that's where I want to start. The death of ACC basketball has been greatly exaggerated. Uh, so last year, y'all y'all said it constantly. Like, we have no idea what these rosters are going to look like. Like, call me in November after we played a few games. Um, this year, we have a decent idea of what the rosters are going to look like of these teams. Um Per Bart Torvik, the ACC returns about 49% of minutes played last year. And, I mean, we don't have a lot of context for this era, but 49% of minutes in this era of college basketball with the transfer portal um, and the and er, declaring early and NIL and all that seems pretty stable to me, and that's on average for every team. Mm. Um, so four of the top ten teams in scoring um, and returning scoring in major conferences are from the ACC as well. So I think we just have a really a much better idea of who's coming back in the ACC. And what sets it apart is not just the returning minutes. It's the talent. Like, yes, the Pac-12 has slightly more, but if you go and look at the talent, half of the ACC's double-digit scorers from last year, there were 48, which is a lot. 24 of those guys are back. Um, this coming year. And it's I think it's like 30% of the Pac-12's double-digit scores are returning. So when you combine these minutes, plus it's the good players that are coming back, um, I think the ACC, I think Seth is right. I think the ACC is in position to um, have a good year because, as we know, experienced talent is typically what we're... Uh, Brian, Brian, if you had to go out on a limb, who would you say is the favorite for next year in the ACC? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you have- Oh boy! Uh, but no, I mean, I mean, I think there's three that stand above the rest. Four to stand above the rest. Um, I think Duke certainly is going to be up there. Their recruiting class is silly as usual, um, and they won the ACC last year regular season at least with an elite recruiting class. Um, I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame finished a game back in the regular season. No one, I mean, a game back, and they returned three guys who will all be fifth year seniors. Dane Goodwin, Nate Lashevsky, and uh, Cormac Ryan. Fifth-year seniors in Mike Bray's system. I mean, I we've been waiting for them to sort of take that jump for a few years, and they did last year, and no reason to see why they can't attend again. And then North Carolina, of course, they returned four guys from the final from the national championship runner-up, um, add Pete Nance. And then Virginia. Like, pe- pe- people love to poo-poo Virginia. They don't score. They don't score. But they really started to play a little better late last season. Um, I think Jaden Gardner can be a first-team All-ACC guy pretty easily. I think they have the best defender in the ACC um, in Reese Beekman. So um, I think those four teams right now are head and shoulders above the others. All right, Brian, those four, but wait a second. You didn't even talk about the team that won the tournament last year who brings back the MVP of the tournament, arguably one of the most versatile players in the ACC in Justin Mutz. Uh, Padula was a proven guard last year. I mean, Virginia Tech has to be in this discussion somewhere right behind those four, if not 4A, 4B, as Packer loves to hear me say. 
I think I think that's totally fair, and that's I mean, I, they can call me out on that omission. I think Heve Aluma was very important to what they did. Um, I think he helped free up Mutz, helped free up the guards. Um, when they got in trouble, it was because guard play um, was sort of overmatched at times. Um, but when they were on that that pick and roll, we saw in the ACC championship game, they ate now Charlotte Hornet, Mark Williams for breakfast in the pick and roll. And it wasn't, you know, first round talent on that pick and roll. So they're coached incredibly well. I mean, Hunter Couture was hot as a pistol. Um, he's coming back. So yeah. I think they have some pieces, um, but I do think Aluma was really important to that team. So uh, who's the favorite? <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I think North Carolina we picked first, and I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you made me put a ballot right now, I might put Notre Dame. So I'd be qualming between Notre Dame and North Carolina. Um, now, Bard does say North Carolina is the most talented and that's recruiting rankings and experience. So uh, it's North Carolina or Notre Dame, and y'all aren't going to get me in trouble. Okay, I got a better question. I knew you'd pick Carolina. That goes without saying. Shocking. I want you. I want you to pick a preseason All ACC five right now, and I don't. It's regardless of position. That's what I want you to do. Because here's the thing: Baycott. That's easy. Caleb Love. That's easy. Uh, Jaden Gardner, you mentioned him. Easy. Dane Goodwin, Nate Lashesky, take a pick there, right? How about yeah. PJ Hall at Clemson? I, I thought you asked him PJ the Hall question. Clemson? How about Isaiah Wong at Miami? Wait. How about Justin hey. Mons at Virginia Tech? I, mean, I thought you anywhere. asked him the question. Are you going to answer it? I'm answer asking your own? him. No, you're answering your own question. Let me hear what Ives has to say. I love the PJ Hall pick. Um, I think he could be – PJ Hall will be on the team. So I'd go Baycott. P.J. Hall, um, I'd go uh, uh, Jaden Gardner, I'd go one of the Duke freshmen, Derek Lively or, or Whitehead, one of those. And then, um, I mean, Caleb loves a good pick, but you just, I mean, he is so, you know, hit or miss. Terquavion um, Smith, Isaiah Wong, Terqu- Nigel Pack. Terquavion Smith is the answer because he's going to average 100 points a game. So Terquavion Smith and Caleb. Justin and- Mutz? Jaden Gardner, a Duke freshman, and hey. I forgot the fifth. Hey, well, there you go. Hey, how many guys we put on this team? Eleven. This asking. Well, doesn't, doesn't the Pac-12 put like eight or something? Yeah, but we're so not maybe. in the Pac-12. We're not the Pac-12. We've never been the Pac-12. We don't want to be the Pac-12. They don't participate. You got to do that when playoff. you haven't won a tournament since 1997. Right, Arizona '97. <laughs> you got to put eight guys. Simon on the team. says they haven't been the college football playoff. I mean, we don't want to be those guys. We're not those guys, except that that hey, burrito that Parada is eating out in Pasadena right now be the only thing we'd accept from the on the West Coast right now. That and Giants. By baseball. the way, Brian, before before we get out of here, I got to tell you, the beard is coming in nice, and that's a great hat. Teal doesn't really come in very well on hats sometimes, but they did a nice job with you on your hat. So congratulations. <laughs> they gave it to me on draft night. It's my draft hat, you know. So yeah. thank you, Hornet. There you go. Yeah, Hornets sending you free swag. Stunner. Hard to believe Packer didn't get any of all the compliments he's doled out. No, I got, the I, I got right. some. I got some. I just okay. gave him the goodwill. Oh, easy. <laughs> See you, good Brian. Resale. Be well. 
Okay. Yeah, there you go. Brian Ives, ladies and gentlemen. Horace Brian Ives, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ACC network producer, researcher, content driver. And North Carolina alum. Driver of the Winnebago. North Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Full-blown Carolina alum. Charlotte Pro Sports. Homer. Uh, When we come back, the coastal predictions. Some of you have already gotten after us for the Atlantic. (laughs) We'll get to you in just a second. Coastal next. Championship or bust on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. It is a Friday, and we still have some unfinished business to attend to regarding crystal balling some future national championship teams, this time, though, from the Coastal Division. Coastal Division. Yep. Uh, By the way, some of you have been gunslinging on social media since we started this little process. Get ready. You're getting ready to get your television moment coming up. (laughs) (laughs) What did I tell you? What did I say to you? That's what I said to you about yeah, an hour and a half right. ago. They never a doubt. Automatic. Never a doubt. Yep. And, you know, we avoided the one big catastrophe this week because the social media team from the ACC network never put that ultimate quarterback thing up online. You know, where nobody nobody sees the segment. They just react to the social media post, you know. Well, there's still so, time. So we there's... saved ourselves. Maybe yeah, they all wake facts. up from a deep slumber and decide to put it up there. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe those first couple of weeks in July when we're off in foreign lands and doing other things, they'll uh, they'll put it up there and we won't even know. It's still there. So, all right, here we go. Coastal uh, forecasting. So basically, what team at your ACC school has the best chance of winning a national championship? So we did the Atlantic. Some of you have reacted to it. Here's the coastal. We're going to start with Duke, and in Duke's case. You know about basketball. We've talked about it. Brian just mentioned it a moment ago. Another terrific recruiting class. John Shire's got talent. Uh, Jeremy Roach is coming back. Uh, But besides basketball, on the men's side, John Donowski's lacrosse program is always kind of right there, aren't they, Pac? Yep. Can't discount it. Uh, We harp on this league being so good. One of the reasons for it is schools like Duke. Uh, yeah. Do they have a shot at it? Sure they do. Sure they do. And so do another handful of teams in this conference uh, in men's lacrosse. But Duke has got to put hmm. men's lacrosse on the list. That would be a mistake yep. if you did not. Yep. So the Blue Devils certainly fall in that category. Uh, also, with their women's golf in there, too. They've, they've had enough success over the years to always be a threat nationally as well. Automatic. Yep. All right. Georgia... Georgia Tech is next. Uh, Jackets got to a regional, of course, this year in baseball. They've uh, got to a softball regional. Ailey Morales has done a terrific job uh, with that program, rejuvenating it. But the one that uh, we kind of looked at here was Nell Fortner and women's basketball. Uh, Probably a disappointing way to see this season go this year. And they lose Lorella Kubai and Lodome Lottinen. But at the same time, you feel like Georgia Tech is ascending, Pack, in terms of their women's basketball fortunes. Uh, I would definitely agree with that part. They are certainly ascending. Uh, do you put them on the same level as the Louisville NC State? And I would throw Notre Dame in there. Um, not mm-hmm. sure I would put them on that level yet. But if they're a stock, I'm mm-hmm. buying. 
I'm buying what Nell's yep. doing. And I would also throw men's golf onto this list, too. Yep. Uh, Coach Hepler now. Uh, I know it didn't quite work out for him this year, but he's always got dudes. I'm just telling you. Georgia Tech mm-hmm. golf is the real yep. thing. No question. Yep. And uh, they've had a proud baseball tradition. They've gotten to regionals. I know they've talked about having a drought and getting to supers, but at the same time, you get guys like Kevin Parada leaving, but they always have steady recruiting. Uh, get a little bit better pitching next year, and you kind of like where uh, where Georgia Tech might be heading. Miami is next, and there's three lines of thought here on the Canes. And we're going to start with the one that maybe had the best season, and that's men's basketball because they got to the Elite Eight and had the lead on Kansas at halftime and looked like to be in great shape to go to the Final Four. Did not work out against the Jayhawks, who played a terrific second half. But with Isaiah Wong returning, some transfer additions through the portal, and Pac just sheer development overall. Tell you what, Laranega coaches them. Next thing you know, Miami's in the mix here. Well, they had a special year last year. Uh, old guards, and that's normally a great deal. I mean, you get talented old guards, you can make good stuff happen. But I, I just trust Jim Laranega as a coach. I do. I, I think the guy's yep. tremendous. And um, Miami's done a really, really nice job with the transfer portal. They've lost some talent, there's no question. Uh, and we, we just rattled mm-hmm. off a bunch of teams' names with Brian Ives and others. Uh, just don't discount Miami. I'll say it again. The media last year, dead asleep with them, picking them 12th or 13th. And they, like I said, they had a legitimate chance at times to prove that they were the best team in the league. They, I mean, that's how good they were. Yeah. So Jim Lernega knows what he's doing. So don't discount Miami. Yeah. Baseball and football certainly are in the mix in this conversation, too, for Miami with Gino Damari's team and also what Mario Cristobal's expectation level is, even uh, in year one. Uh, North Carolina is going to be our last team in this segment before we take a break. And when you talk about the Tar Heels, we can start this conversation with field hockey because what Karen Shelton does year in and year out, Carolina is one of the best field hockey teams in the country, bar none. Doesn't matter what year it is, as long as she's in charge of the program, you know you're going to see great players. They just finished a remarkable run with Aaron Matson leading the way. Uh, if not the best field hockey player ever at the collegiate level, one of them. And Carolina's got the national titles to prove it. So you got to put field hockey on that list for sure. Uh, there's no question. That's not the only one, Wes. Uh, we just got no. done talking to Ives about North Carolina men's basketball. That absolutely, positively is going to be on the list. I think they're going to be the preseason number one mm-hmm. team, in my opinion. But I don't have a vote. Yep. Uh, and there are other things to jump on here. But I think North Carolina, with four of your five starters back from a team that was uh, 20 minutes away from winning last year's national championship, and you throw in the transfer portal and some recruits, and I think Hubert Davis comfortable now that he's got the tough first year and that transition behind them in the rearview mirror, North Carolina is going to be a tough, tough out. Just saying. Yep. Yep. And we can certainly throw women's lacrosse in there, can't we? Yep. <laughs> I mean, after all, they rolled undefeated through the regular season and undefeated all the way to the national championship and uh, the victory over Boston College. And so, tennis. That's Don't part of the tennis. Coast. They won oh. the tennis national championship yeah, indoor well. last year, too. Yeah, 
Good point. All right, when we come back, Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and yeah, we'll throw Notre Dame on the fire as well in the mix when we talk about teams. We might be looking forward to where they can scratch out a national title. We will do that when we come back and and we'll look at some of your thoughts on social media. Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham, national championship. Your team in the ACC for the 22-23 season. We are crystal balling today, and there are some that are not happy with us. Surprise, surprise. And uh, if you have not heard your team yet, just hang tight because we're going to cover all of them in this segment. I promise you. Yep. Um, Pittsburgh is next. Uh, Men's soccer, women's volleyball pack on the docket here. Uh, can certainly see both of those, right? Fantastic programs, especially in the last handful of years. Yeah, those two for sure. And, and there may be another one that's floating that I'm sure Pitt fans, if they're watching today, going, hey, don't you guys forget about Because I, I, I know the expectation level of Pitt football is really high. Mm-hmm. I know they're not going to be yep. – you're not going to find them in the preseason top 10. Uh, I suspect they'll probably get some top 25 love, Wes. But national mm-hmm. championship caliber, you know, you got to make sure the quarterback thing works. But there's a lot of pieces in place. You like them getting back to the ACC title game. And if you get to that spot mm-hmm. and the schedule works out, you get off to a quick 2-0 start, knocking off West Virginia, Tennessee. Yeah, you never know, man. It, you know, crazier stuff is happening. Right. Yeah. The, the thing I look at here is, uh, and, and Frank Signetti Jr. was just with us. He was terrific. But I, I think he mentioned, you know, those first two games are real table setters for them, Pac. You know nationally, you go 2-0 and with West Virginia and Tennessee, and all of a sudden your, your perception nationally changes pretty quick. Now, will it mean that they're back I, or are they going to be as good as they were last year? No, because I think the rest of the ACC is pretty good this year. But that being said, you can certainly feel that if they go 2-0 and to start the year, um, and let's hypothetically say Keaton Slovis looks good and the defense has responded and you know they got that veteran offensive front, things could change pretty quick nationally for Pittsburgh. But at least for this point, men's soccer and women's volleyball stand out uh, as the two. But I can see football in there pretty quick in September. Yeah, uh, and they'll, they'll be a fun team to watch too early because those are two of those kind of games yep. you circle, right? I, uh, how many times you heard me say this? Yep. Certain games, non-conference, you schedule – and circle in this league. They are narrative-changing games. And the West by God, Virginia, and Tennessee, right out of the gate for Pitt, well, they'll be front and center. Yep. Uh, Virginia, the three that uh, pop off the page, uh, men's tennis, rowing, men's lacrosse. But if we ever have a list that involves Virginia and doesn't have women swimming and diving, we ought to be let go. We ought to be let go, Pac. That's right. I mean, they own it. What I've been harping on. So, if it involves water, it's all about the who's. And yep. uh, they can do it. And they've proven it. Uh, that's, not a, yep. that's not a pipe dream. That's the real deal. So, yeah. And by the way, Virginia mm-hmm. won two national titles this year. Uh, the ACC, as we yep. said, collected seven team national titles this year, which is tied with the Big 12 for the most. And the Big 12 could still break that tie because they have a chance to win the College World Series, which is the last sport. Uh, but it was a great year in the ACC as far as natties 
And Virginia obviously contributed to the deal, winning a couple of them. There you go. Uh, last one from the Coastal Division is Virginia Tech. Uh, certainly baseball and softball had remarkable years. Uh, John Sheff in baseball and Coach Pete with the softball program uh, getting to the Super Regionals. But uh, the scenario there is you got to close, and we talked about that earlier in the week. But yet you feel like these teams right here pack – I like the foundations, I'll tell you that much. Well, I even throwing maybe wrestling. I mean, uh, you know, NC State wrestling, you mm-hmm. could have probably added that list. Virginia Tech's wrestling program's rocking and rolling. It's, it's a sport that's taken off in this league. Uh, and those are two respective yep. teams that have really been good and consistently good for an, exp- an expanded period of time. So, uh, like I said, mm-hmm. Virginia Tech fans, man, this spring has been awesome. Between softball and baseball, yep. they gave you everything you ever wanted. Absolutely. Uh, Notre Dame is our last stop here. Um, baseball was on this list when the day started, and Link Jarrett is the new uh, Florida State coach on a seven-year contract. But I, I still think his good work in three years probably leaves him in a position. But as Gabby Sanchez said earlier this week, that's an old team that they had. That's a, that's a team that a lot of turnover may occur here in the next uh, month or so. Uh, but I think men's lacrosse, fencing, and you've been mentioning women's basketball as a title contender in South Bend, and I think those are there for sure. Uh, and again, I'm not people are going Notre Dame fans are like, well, what about our football program? As you know, you're not a member of the ACC in football, so therefore we're not putting you on the list. Now, once you join the league, that's a whole different story. We'll throw Notre Dame football on the list, but uh, the Irish football team right. will be very, very good. I got huge expectations for Marcus Freeman. Like him. Yep. All right. So that's a quick look at what we think might happen there, at least the best opportunities for national championships at uh, respective ACC schools. Uh, quick call before we get to the social media. John in South Carolina. Good morning. Good morning. I got a question. Not a question, but you left NC State's women cross-country team out. You know, they won the first – national championship last year thanks to a Packer there leading them in the victory in the ACC cross country right. and they got a very good got team right. coming back so I figure that uh, they ought to be mentioned as a good chance of winning a national championship uh, here's the key to the entire season you ready uh, if I'm not driving the chariot of champions I don't like your shot I don't it all starts with that golf cart my man and uh, if I'm not that ACC championship in that golf cart, uh, could it be a really good year? But uh, it's hard to reach greatness without the golf cart being there. Just saying. No response? Do we hang up on him? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there you are. What do you think yeah, about go that? go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm relying on you to do that again. Well, wait, wait, no, wait. wait. I, I can certainly handle driving the golf cart, but that's not my responsibility. That falls into the lap of the commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference, Dr. Phillips. And if he decides to bestow upon me the opportunity, uh, I would be more than happy to do it to lead NC State to a national championship. That, I, it's the least I, I can I think do. it takes a little more than that. Uh, John, well, I, I'm right. sorry. Wait a minute. Excuse I, I, me. I, I think it. Hey, well, excuse me, Wes. What would you know about it? You didn't that, even John. make the trip to South Bend. I mean, I, we don't That's need your correct. opinion. We don't yeah. even need your opinion on I'm that. Just, you, I'm you just bagged offering on it. that. I think it. You bagged I, I on the opportunity that, think, to be there. 
the, you're right. I did. Um, the right, so uh, I the program's opinion. in good hands, and uh, we appreciate your call, John. John, you're you're thinking the right way, and if the commissioner can make it happen again, I like NC State's chances. All right, let's uh, let's 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 move on to social media's reaction to our uh, list here because that that's coming fast and furious. Let's see, where do we want to go first? Uh, oh, here's Brian Sims. Wolfpack football. We've got Devin Leary. We're stacked like a plate of grandma's pancakes. Oof. How about that? <laughs> Wait. There's the hashtag syrup. There and it here is. Here is that. the signed Dave Doran Go Pack. Dave That's Doran. It. Right there. Pack, Go Pack, Dave Doran. That's and the, it. And right I'll tell you what, the deal still holds with Dave Doran. When we did the remote from NC State last year before the season started, mm-hmm. I told Coach, you win that ACC championship, we're going to go eat pancakes. So the deal is still on the table for the Wolfpack. They have not won it since 79. Yeah. This year could be That's the right. year for NC State. Could very well be. Yep. All right. More social media reaction. So Wolfpack football, that was noted. Packers said we had to talk about Fred Cohn's fan club. Clemson golf, because I think they have a chance. Definitely not pandering to one of the show hosts. Definitely not. Yeah, bet me. That's pandering to Packer. Well, it's not like Clemson hasn't won a national championship in golf before, Wes. In fact, uh, I've got the the orange blazer over here, the 10-year anniversary of the blazer right here beside me. Yeah, you're in good. You're in very good shape there. Yeah. Yeah. No no question. Well done. At Tiger Paul 86, Clemson golf. All right. Next. John Herman says FSU softball after this year's disappointment and with three or three of four of the infield coming back, Coach Alameda will have those girls ready. Yep. John, thank you. Agree with that. Agree with that. Florida State. Yep. Definitely in the mix. Lonnie does an incredible job there. Uh, Tracy Turner, Virginia, our Olympic medal count in swimming competes internationally. Yes, it does. Alex yes, Walsh just won the 200-meter yep. uh, individual medley last week and is a world mm-hmm. swimming champion. How about that? Yep. Yep. So there you go with that. So Virginia swimming always has to be on the list. Uh, John Clater, fun fact, this year's first overall NBA draft pick scored 10-plus points in every game last year except two, both against Virginia a team that returns every starter and has a top 10 recruiting class coming in. So John, I think, is intimating that he thinks Virginia could potentially contend for a national championship in men's basketball. Totally expect them to bounce back, don't you, Wes? I mean, with that, with that core back, transfer portal, recruiting class. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Tony Bennett and his boys are heading to Italy in early August. So, uh, coach, if you need hmm. some help. How about that? Translator, need somebody to carry some bags. I'm your guy. Tell you what, I got to tell you, there are a lot of these ACC teams going on these foreign trips in July and August. Somebody needs to hop a plane, man. Holy cow. Uh, all right, we got any more? Let's see. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. By the way, we didn't mention Reese Beekman in any of this talk with Ives about all ACC. Uh, at Groupster, got to be Carolina in men's basketball. Four out of five back with something to prove. That's he, yes. even though Brian no Ives question. said he said might lean Notre Dame, which I think he's nuts. 
think he's crazy. <laughs> North Carolina is going to be the preseason number one. Everybody else, I'm sorry. Everybody's chasing the heels. I, I'm saying that. For, I mean, if Brian Ives don't get the pom-poms out, I'm telling you, yeah. that's the team to beat till proven otherwise. The hardest thing to do in the ACC next year is going to be pick the preseason All-ACC team. Uh, Noel Shepard. Noel, good to hear from you, my man. Wake women's golf, loaded roster, top to bottom, better than 22. Agree. Okay. All right. Totally agree. Got to get after the Stanford Cardinal on that one, don't you? Stanford Cardinal won this year's national championship. Uh, At Jay Parker, 22-111, Clemson football, probably the number one defense in the nation. Offense vastly improved without all the injuries. Point two, Dabo is PO'd. peed off about last season. So buy your tickets now for the Roy bus. It's got a full tank of gas. Whew, good thing because a full tank of gas, that Roy bus, probably costs you about $2,000 at the rate we're going right now. Tigers for those of you that don't remember the Roy, the Roy Re- is the rest, rest of, of y'all. y'all. Yeah. Tiger's rest of y'all. Good. Yeah. Tiger's going to be yeah. pretty good. Yeah, well, I think think we can safely say Clemson will be a factor, uh, along with others, though. When we come back, uh, Devin Leary, who invaded the basement a week ago, has apparently gotten into the snow cone business. Nice. Pac, did you know about this? I did. D. Leary delivers, and I don't think it's beet juice snow cones next. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Title IX was enacted to create opportunities for all to participate in and benefit from any educational program and activity receiving federal financial assistance. The alliance, made up of the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, is proud to come together to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this essential law. Our celebration is a commitment to creating greater gender equity in sports and providing more resources to ensure women's sports further succeeds and excels. Visit theacc.com slash Title IX for more information. The Alliance tag teaming on that. Pretty cool. It's been a big Title IX yep. week here on the network and really all the networks for that matter. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been a huge story. Absolutely. Uh, nationwide 50-year anniversary and some amazing, amazing stories and accomplishments. Yep. The, uh, looking forward to the Alliance and announcing that year-long Title IX 50th anniversary celebration plan. And, of course, coincides with an NCAA Title IX report showing the start gap in funding for women's programs uh, on campuses across the country as well. Um, the report released yesterday talks about 47.1% of participation opportunities in 2020 compared to just 26% in 1982. So while the participation numbers have certainly gone up, the funding numbers uh, are still pretty divided. So we'll keep an eye on that as well, but uh, also be mindful of the great things that are happening with uh, with women's sports across the brand here at the ACC for sure. Um, before we say goodbye this week, uh, NC State's at it again. <laughs> the D. Leary Delivers campaign, which debuted last Friday morning right there with UPAC, uh, this week brought snow cone trucks to summer camps in Raleigh. Roll the videotape. Now, why couldn't have this been the arrival mode last Friday in the basement with Devin Leary? Huh? 
Look at this. Here we go. Snow cones. You got some help. Bryson Spees there. Tim McKay. Derek Eason helping out Devin. Right? Fixing now, the snow cones. Now, here is the only thing. It's, first of all, it's very cool what they're doing. I love it. Second of all, who doesn't love a snow cone, right? Especially when it's 100 degrees like it's been this week, uh, not only in the Carolinas, but throughout the southeast in particular. But here's the most important thing, kids. Listen to me. I mean, really listen to me. This is very important. <laughs> if okay. Devin Leary, if Devin Leary shows up in a snow cone truck in your neighborhood, and he's ringing the bell and the sirens are going off and kids are coming out of nowhere wanting to get a free snow cone or one for cheap or whatever. Listen, the second Devin Leary hands you a red snow cone, you look the potential Heisman Trophy winner in the eye and say, Mr. Leary, is this strawberry? Is this raspberry? Or is this beet mm -hmm. juice? Because if That's he right. pulls the beet juice trick on you, listen to me, kids. This right here, it will kill you. It will absolutely kill you. I've lost six pounds this week. Compliments of that right there. <laughs> Not only that, it looks like you've got a bloody lip after you drink it. So you make sure David Leary gives you raspberry or cherry or strawberry and leaves the beet juice at home on the snow cones. Just saying. And you will thank me later. But that's a touch of class by Devin Leary and NC State with the snow cones. I love what they're doing. It's a great campaign. Everything yeah. about that campaign has been great, other than the beet juice. Yep. And uh, cool to see uh, Bryson Spees and Tim McKay and, and Derek Eason with him on the snow cones, too, huh? for summer camps this week in Raleigh. Excellent. Uh, terrific, as we said, and uh, excited to see what, uh, what the fall brings for Devin Leary. I got a feeling he'll probably be in Charlotte for the two days at the ACC kickoff in July, too. I hope so. I'd be uh, – I got to believe he's probably going to be on the list there. And um, I tell you what, if he is, but, Wes, uh, I have a surprise for him. Mm. If he's on that list, and we'll get it eventually, I have a surprise. He brought a bunch of gifts and, and cool stuff for the dogs and Robert and Captain Rami. Everybody yeah. walked out of here with a bag full of gifts. But I'll have a surprise gift for Devin Leary when I see him, assuming he's going to be representing NC State next month here in Charlotte. I've got gonna, something for him. I'm going to hazard. I'm going to hazard a guess that Devin Leary will be there for NC State. Um, so. Breaking breaking news within the show today, Pac. Link Jarrett reportedly, uh, well, he's officially been named the head coach of Florida State's baseball team. Reportedly, it is a seven-year deal to be the new head baseball coach at Florida State. Love everything about it. I mean, he's your guy. He can coach. He loves Florida State. He's got part of the DNA mm -hmm. there. Like I said earlier, it's a perfect fit. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you line them up, you take care of them, you surround them with great people, let them go to work. And um, right. Florida State baseball, there's no excuse why they shouldn't be great all the time. Uh, Link Jarrett, uh, again, I thought it was just a no-brainer hire. It's a win-win proposition for both parties. And for Notre Dame, uh, Jack Swarbrick and company have to get back to work and figure out what's their next move. I have no idea what they'll do. But for Florida State, terrific hire. Yeah, no question. And the ACC has added two terrific baseball coaches, what, here in the last eight days? Eric Bakich at Clemson a week ago from Michigan and Link Jarrett today coming from Notre Dame to Florida State. And we will see what the Irish elect to do. It's going to be a pretty pretty massive turnover, though. That was an old baseball team, a lot of guys who will move on. 
uh, either out of eligibility or onto professional baseball. So the challenge for Jack Swarbrick and his staff is to find a baseball coach who might be more of a builder than a guy who can come in and fine tune what they have because there could be some serious turnover at Notre Dame. Well, you're coming off a College World Series appearance. Uh, that's not going to hurt recruiting. Uh, Midwest teams yep. can get to Omaha. And as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Notre Dame has been the most successful baseball team in the last three years as far as winning percentage. You know what? It can be done in South Bend. Yep. Uh, thanks to Adam Rittenberg, Frank Signetti Jr., and to HB Ives for uh, being a part of the program. Hey, by the way, last couple weeks, one of the founding Lumberjacks, Josh Macri, been here to produce this program. Thank you, Josh. Enjoyed having Angela Travato with us. The legendary Jen Milkovich directed this program, kids. Pack, have a great weekend. Tom Luganbill with Packer on Monday and Tuesday next week. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.